blessed Sunday to all of you, dear friends. You are tuned in to OLMC Sunday Best. This is a sharing of the Bible study group from the parish of Our Lady of Mount Carmel, Wan Chai, Hong Kong. Join us now in reflecting on this Sunday's liturgy for our life's nourishment. Good day, brothers and sisters. Welcome to the uh, Bible study. The Bible study this week, we're celebrating Mission Sunday, so we're not on the uh, 29th Sunday of ordinary time. Let's greet our Lord first with the sign of the cross in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God, who sent your Son into the world as the true light, pouring out we pray, the Spirit that we promise to those deeds of truth. Constantly in people's hearts and to awaken in them obedience to the faith, so that being a God to new life through baptism, all may become part of your one people. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So a little, just a little note, liturgical note. This is a break from the ordinary time. One of my students in the RCIA, what is that ordinary time? <laughs> <laughs> so we have here uh, Mission Sunday, which was instituted in 1926 by Pope Pius XI. And this is uh, upon the uh, solicitation of the society for the propagation of faith no? to awaken a renewed commitment to the work of this, the spread no, of the gospel throughout the world. So you see, it's almost 100 years ago, this celebration. 2026. So 2026, we're now 2023, three years today. Okay, so hopefully, this uh, <clears throat> readings and also our Discussion today will also help us with this commitment, renewed commitment for the spread of the gospel message. Let me introduce the readings for those of you who are joining us online. The first reading is from the book of the prophet Isaiah, chapter 2, verses 1 to 5. The second reading is the letters St. Paul has been writing to the Romans, chapter 10, verses 9 to 18. And the gospel is that according to Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 to 20. And we will start with the first reading. A reading from the book of prophet Isaiah. This is what Isaiah, son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In days to come, the mountain of the Lord's, Lord's house shall be established as the highest mountain and race above the hills. All nations shall stream toward, toward it. Many people shall come and say, Come, let us climb the Lord's mountain to the house of, the, of God of Jacob, that he may instruct us in his ways, that we may walk in his paths. For from Zion shall go forth instruction, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations and impose terms on many peoples. They shall beat their swords into plowshares 
and their spears into groaning homes. One nation shall not raise the sword against another, nor shall they train for war again. O house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord, the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. As I was saying to the group before we began, this is very difficult to reading to, to comment because of what is going on right now. No? We all know what's going on in the land, uh, siege of Gaza, etc. But anyway, we are in the first part of the book of Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah. And this is actually, if you read, starting from chapter one, it's really more of a judgment. Judgment, but judgment always comes with a promise. And as I was trying to deepen this reading, you notice it's all in the future. Do you notice that? The mountain of the Lord's house shall be established. All nations shall stream toward it. It's a continuous uh, futuristic vision. But because there is, first of all, this uh, judgment, the Lord judges the nation. And together with the judgment comes the purification. And with the purification now, the fulfillment of the promise. Uh, at the heart of this is also, you notice the land, the mountain. Mm-hmm. You know? uh, <clears throat> there's like, they call it in Zitler, uh, in Axis Mundi. Mm-hmm. It seems the center of the world is Zion. Or Jerusalem. On Zion, I think it's a lower part of Jerusalem. Um, But it's all the hilly or the mountains. Uh, The vision of Jerusalem as the center of the world. And so when I was reflecting and praying over this, this is exactly what is happening now. The center of all the news now is really there. It's like like, uh, something has to happen there. To awaken, to awaken us, no? and uh, you see, all the nations shall stream toward it, and many people shall come and say, "Come, let us climb the Lord's mountain to the house of the God of Jacob, that He may instruct us in His ways, and we may walk on His path." The the teaching comes from there, but also the promise of peace, right? Yeah. Uh, he shall judge between the nations and impose them so many. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pointing hoops. <laughs> and then the the very I don't know it's utopic really promise. One nation shall not raise the sword against another, nor shall they train war again. That is, that is happening right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something about how do we reconcile our reality with this one? No, I mean, the point of geography in that, okay, the fighting is not happening in Jerusalem. Yeah, it's okay, because it's okay, everything is focused on Gaza. All right, that 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 long thing is is a way. But all the negotiations are being done in Jerusalem. But Jerusalem is still is still uh, the eternal city, the holy city. It's the city uh, for the three religions. Three religions. So uh, no, nobody dares to touch it as a, for the time being. 
All right, so it is still there. It is still there, you know, giving out, you know, a a a, a glimpse of hope. That's there. Okay. The translation here, the translation here is changed in a sense that it's, it's modern, but it's something is, is missing. Uh, it, we, we always recite this in our, you know, morning prayer. Okay. Yes. yes for yes. from science shall go forth Torah, you know, the law and the word of God from Jerusalem. So instruction watered down the whole thing. I, 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 this is how I feel it. I mean, God's law, if we uphold God's law, the big question is the word if. It has already been given. And then when there is law, there will be what? Exceptions? Laws? No. <laughs> People will disobey. Disobedience. If we do not have any written law, yeah. Then it, it, yeah, it seems to look like, um, but of course, we, we need things to be clear cut and then put into statutes and things so that people will be able to follow. Smart people will try to find loopholes to bypass it. Still, they are good for you know, ordinary use, you know, to give us guidelines and what to do. It is, in fact, not difficult to follow. And then, um, so Isaiah painted a, a, a portrayed a peaceful vision here. And peace is always a message. Wherever you, you look at the, I mean, read the Bible. Okay. Yes. Of course, we see a lot of fightings, aggressions, atrocities, I think. But still, okay. Uh, we have a vision of peace. The same Isaiah in chapter 11 talks about, yes, you know, the, yes. the sheep and the wolves, you know, except at least... Both the violent and the meat will come together. Exactly. And so, probably all these fightings, atrocities happening around us so that we may learn and, and value the sanctity of life, um, the, the, the happiness of living harmoniously together. Uh, we, we need to be patient. Yeah, the, yeah in fact, <clears throat> I think if you connect this also to what we have now, the Mission Sunday, you know, there is the repetition of all nations coming together, the mm -hmm. universality. Yeah. One nation should not be also, all, all the nations walking in the path of the Lord, learning His uh, ways, you know? For Zion, from Zion shall go for instruction and the word from Jerusalem. And then again, <clears> O <throat> house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light. As uh, you were saying, there is a lot of promise in this uh, reading. Huh? Practically, this is also the reading that we use for the Advent season. <laughs> right? Yeah. Because, you know, the, the Advent season is projecting us toward the coming, first and right. second coming of the Lord and then his first but let us, uh, for now, maybe, let us concentrate on that call for universality, putting us together into the disposition of uh, welcoming everybody, all nations, all nations. And maybe that that's why also this was chosen as the first reading for the Mission Sunday and connect it now to the Gospel. Okay. 
Joe? Yes. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. The eleven disciples of Jesus went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had ordered them. When they saw him, they worshipped, but some doubted. Then Jesus approached and said to them, All power in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always until the end of the age. The Gospel of the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, one question. I anticipate the question of my faith. <laughs> in the Gospel of Matthew, yeah. it's they are in the mountain here in Galilee. Okay? Yeah. But in Luke, it's Jerusalem. Yeah, yeah why is that? <laughs> <laughs> they were waiting for the coming of the Spirit in Jerusalem. No? Exactly. And Jesus, the reason Jesus told but anyway, why is it Galilee here in Matthew? Well, um, first of all, to explain why Luke put the locations in, in Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Number one, uh, to, to some extent, Luke was uh, obsessive with <laughs> <laughs> Jerusalem. Like the first reading, the first reading is centered on Jerusalem. Yeah, we should have chosen right, right, but, yeah. Uh, actually, the the Pope's message uh, it mentions Luke instead of this one. Ah, yeah, yeah, the message okay. for the right, yeah, the the yeah the the, 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 the things like that. But you know, we follow the the year A, and therefore we put the year reading, and so it comes here. Yeah. But it doesn't matter because uh, uh, we should not confine ourselves with. The uh, limit ourselves to, to the and Jesus cannot be limited territories. Yes, yes. and then um, for the community of the Jewish Christians, the Galilee for them probably would be you know more meaningful. And then Jesus started his mission there, and so he finished there, and then returned mm -hmm. to the Father. Very sensible for them. It's a good synthesis. Yes, but on the other hand, in, in the case of Luke, he looks forward to, actually he's continuing his writing, you know, the actual proposal, and it all started in, in Jerusalem. So, uh, well, of course, he, he did not have the liberty to change the location, I mean, uh, whatever he thinks is right. And probably uh, this is his... Um, literary style, and then he, he wants to make a point about the, the importance of Jerusalem as the core, the center, the mother church. And, and therefore, you know, Jesus mm -hmm. was sent to heaven somewhere there. So, so in a way, it's the same, you know, because uh, you're saying the mother church is from Jerusalem. So here you have, in Matthew, this is the Jewish Christians, and that's why it's Galilee. You know where they started, so practically it's the origin for both uh, evangelists. It's like a synthesis because Luke started his gospel in the temple of Jerusalem, so he ended also in a mountain in Jerusalem. And then, whereas uh, here uh, Matthew 
So you said we're in year A, so it's Matthew, that started in Galilee when he called his disciples in the sea by the Galilee. Then the other question here is, how could Matthew put together, they worship, but some doubted? He's telling the truth. <laughs> <laughs> That's the reality of humanity. He's telling the they truth. worship, but some doubted. Well, now, frankly speaking, even up to today, there, there's still a lot of doubt, even for, I mean, for a very pious and, and uh, devoted Christians who totally believe in, in Jesus, somehow the things that happen around them will create doubt in his trust in the love of God. God, do you still love us? Why do all these terrible things happen to us? Why don't you do something? You know? Of course, the, the do something is the something of his own conception. It's not the something of God's idea. But God has a plan. There, I, mean, I always believe that when something happens, there is always a purpose behind. And without God's permission, these things cannot happen. When God allows this to happen, there must be a longer plan. We don't know. We don't know. I mean, for sure what it is. Yeah. And it may not, I mean, our, our understanding, our thought may even go against God's plan in the sense that I think God, this is the right way to, to achieve this purpose. But God said, no way. According to us. Do I need your, your, your advice? <laughs> And then uh, when I remember this part uh, when uh, Bishop Ha, mm -hmm. we celebrated uh, Migrants Day last October too with him in Christ the King. And this was the gospel because we, okay. got, we got the Mission Sunday readings. Yeah, yeah. uh, and he said, yeah, it's true. They worship, but some doubted. But it doesn't matter. Jesus approached and said to them, no, he still sent them. Yeah. Even if they doubted. No and problem. No say, problem. No doubt. God accepts our vulnerabilities. Yes, our, our frailty, you know, our inconsistency. Yes, because when it says here, like <clears throat> I noted also the four, they call it some commentators, the four alls, all power, all nations, all that I have commanded you. And then the other, all I could not see, but then said, always. <laughs> so, you know, there is a process there. But the thing is, uh, you have to understand what Jesus is saying in this uh, line. All power in heaven and earth has been given to me. What is that power? Sometimes you, we can interpret that power as authoritarian power. And yet, the Gospel of Matthew, we're here in the end of Matthew's Gospel, that power is really power to heal, to bring people together, yeah. you know, to uh, redeem, to save, to reconcile. You know, to reconcile. Yeah. It's not maybe the power that we have in our mind. No, not the power. <laughs> and then, uh, go therefore and make disciples. Uh, make disciples. I, this is very interesting. Even in, in Greek, mateteusabe. I remember this because the Gregorian was really in their chapel. No? It's go 
And then, but the theosophy is really make disciples. It's not just baptize. No, uh, it's make disciples. <laughs> they come together. Yeah? yeah, the baptize is the rituals, the entry point of uh, participating in the dying and rising. But the making disciples is difficult thing. Do you agree? Um. Well, it depends on how demanding. Uh, you, I mean, you how demanding you are on the disciples. Of course, I mean we have a certain we have a certain standard in mind. However, everyone is unique. They can be and they should be disciples in their own right and in their own stations and in their own situation. And I mean, but uh, we have this tendency to to set a kind of. Uh, Accreditation. All right, you reach this Thank level. You, yeah. All right, then you pass. You can be. It's, I mean, we have, we have this thinking in our mind. However, when we when we see how Jesus called the disciples a leper, what else, you know, can he do? Even after his recovery, you don't expect much, and you cannot demand much from him. No, I was I was putting this forward because you know we said the our church. It's really more of sacraments in the Philippines, especially <laughs> baptized. So the emphasis on the baptized, so just giving the sacraments because maybe that was really the orientation in the past. The uh, like Francis Xavier, how many did he baptize? <laughs> Meaning to say, between Francis Xavier and the other missionaries of his time, that was how they interpreted it. Huh? Mm. Whereas in the time of Saint Paul, Paul said. I don't remember baptized. Maybe I baptized two or three. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. for him, it's really making disciples. I mean, in his understanding. In his yeah. And, and also really in the process of this following of Christ. Right. It's really more of teaching, uh, explaining the faith, being patient. Whereas in other mission countries, we our, our approach is just really the sacraments. And so in the Philippines, that is our criticism when we made our self-reflection. We were baptized, but maybe we were not enough. We are not made into real disciples yet. Ah. <laughs> you're, setting, <laughs> you know that, I mean, you're setting a certain standard. Yes, that, but that, no, that's, um, no, but I, I don't think Jesus has a, a, a standard, a, a kind of... Uh, Okay, and measure. Okay, you have to work harder uh, until you reach this one. Okay, you make it. No, I don't. I don't think this is how God is going to judge us to measure us. Um, when you look at people, there are there are people who's. I mean, God loves His love, and He treasures His love rather than treasure His intelligence, His His eloquence, His charity work. I mean. What charity work can you expect of someone sitting on a wheelchair and then immobilized himself? He needs other service. He is providing opportunities of charity and service for the others instead of you know, doing it himself. So every disciple is unique. And then you are called, you are select, you are you are elected, not, not simply selected, but elected because. God loves your heart. So you can express your discipleship in whatever 
way which is, you know, capable of this. This is how the way I see it. So if you say, is it difficult to make disciples? Not necessarily. And then are they able to, to work on their own autonomously? It depends on how how much they are able to uh, communicate with the Holy Spirit. We, we have a lot of uh, what, uh, idols in our in our hearts. We, we focus our and we channel our energies and focus our attentions to other things instead of loving God. We are not able to translate what we are doing to equals to the love of God. I think the, the saints, uh, for example, St. Jesus, you know, they, they talk about those. those yeah, the little way. The little way and all these things like that. Yeah, actually it's all there, no? Yeah, observing all that I have commanded you. And I guess the, the most beautiful thing here in this uh, gospel uh, passage is the last line. I am with you always at okay. the end of the age. So wherever we are and whatever level of discipleship we are in, how we are following all this uh, injunction from the Lord, no? Mm -hmm. the thing to remember is really his presence in us and with us no? until the end of the age. <laughs> now, but the process con continues. Yes. So... Let's just take a step back. The reason why we have Mission Sunday is because, like the gospel says, there are those who doubt. Uh, obviously, not everybody believes because if everybody believes completely, then there is no need for a Mission Sunday. So let's, uh, let's uh, take stock of that one first fact. But there are doubters. But there's also good messages. Like Sister Victoria says, God is always with us. I'm with you to the end of age. So during that time, God is always with us to encourage us. And we know that the, at the end of time, our swords will be changed to gardening tools to harvest at God's vineyard. Uh, there'll be no fighting anymore. But coming back to today, before we come back to the come to the end of time, how do we deal with this division? And Paul actually is dealing with it as he writes to the Romans because the chosen race, the Jews, don't believe in him. So what has he done? He's gone out to profess and guide the Gentiles who have yet to believe. So again, Mission Sunday. Let's listen to the second reading, the letters from St. Paul to the Romans, brothers and sisters. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For one believes with the heart and so is justified and one confesses with the mouth and so is saved. The scripture says, no one who believes in him will be put to shame. There is no distinction between Jew and Greek. The same Lord is Lord of all, enriching all who call upon him. For everyone who calls on his on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on the Lord in whom they have not believed? And how can they believe within him or whom they have not heard? 
And how can they hear without someone to preach? And how can people preach unless they are sent? And it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. But not everyone heeded the good news. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed, who was heard from us. Thus, faith comes from what is heard, and what is heard comes through the word of Christ. Why I ask, did they not hear? Certainly they did. For their voice has gone forth to all the earth, and their words to the ends of the world. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So Paul is very specifically writing to the Gentiles with a background that the chosen race, uh, the Jews are not believing in him. But he's what he's saying is that he's saying there's no distinction whether it's Jew or Greek, Jew or the Gentiles. The Lord is the Lord to all. Like Deacon says in the first reading, the law is important. And faith is also necessary for salvation. And there's no distinction between the Jews and the Gentiles. Everybody will be saved by the faith. But how is this faith transmitted? It's not only necessary, it's not enough to just believe, but we must also profess with our mouths. We must tell others so that others will also receive this good news. This will help us in spreading the good news, helps us in believing. And what are the two key messages of the profession? It's to profess the death and the resurrection of Christ. This is the most important two messages. Paul also speaks of the fact that we must also believe in our hearts coming from internal, as we profess faith through our mouth. When we are um, sought, we're not making the right steps, in the, stepping in the right direction, we can always rely on reconciliation and confess what we have done wrong so that it will straighten our path back to profession of faith. Paul emphasizes that if you believe in your heart, you profess your faith through the mouth, you believe and you help others to be saved, you'll be saved and others will be saved as well. Others can only believe, like Paul says, if you told them, if they don't know about it, how can they be saved? And as you tell others, they will also learn, they will also believe in their hearts and help profess the faith as well. I think this um, brings us to a good juncture uh, to how we can help join in this Mission Sunday to profess truly from our hearts the words of the Lord to others, knowing that God will be with us through the end of age and that swords and weapons will be changed to plowshares at the end of time. I like how we have put them together, the three readings, Patrick, you know, because actually, as we said, we are not just doing this uh, Bible study in a vacuum. We live in history, we live yeah. in the present. So even here, um, <clears throat> Mission Sunday calls for a universal message of salvation, the need to be able to express this, but uh, also 
the the challenge, no? You mentioned it several times. There is no distinction between Jew and Greek. We are all the same, no? We have one Lord, the Lord of all. And we were saying Jerusalem is a very good symbol of that because of the monotheistic religions all there, no? The Muslim, the Jews, the Christians, and then all being called to live as one. In, uh, there is the new word now we use in religious uh, life. It's called interculturality. It's not just inter. It's not enculturation or internationality. It's really interculturality. How can we live uh, faith together with other cultures? The last part of this reading is actually the challenge. When when Paul was saying here, have they not heard? <laughs> I, I guess because the context of this is really the question between the Jews and the Gentiles, the Christians. So thus, faith comes from what is heard, and what is heard comes through the word of Christ. But I ask, did they not hear? I was imagining. Uh, Paul was saying, did the Jews not hear? Yeah, yeah. Certainly they did. Yeah. For their voice has gone forth to all the earth, and their words the ends of the world. So, it's impossible that they will they have not heard about Christ. No? They have heard it. They have heard, but then however, they, they interpret it uh, in their own way. Yeah. They have some kind of obsession that okay, the, the Jews have the obsession that they were the chosen people of God. And then they always have this kind of uh, Understanding that okay, they will be on top of all people, all the other nation people who are under our feet. That's the meaning of chosen people. Oh, okay. Anyway, yeah, that is that's really the problem. <laughs> yeah, and therefore for them, why should we accept them? I mean, those are unclean people. So this is something that 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 block their. Um, um, uh, the acceptance of Jesus' message of reconciliation. I mean, how can you go along with Lepra? How can you go along with tax collector Romans? Ah, those unclean people. And then you're 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 shakening and you're you're damaging, you know, our status as the chosen people of God. So it's understandable. They 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 were to some extent they were sincere in in, in this aspect. But the interpretation is wrong. From their own standing. Yeah. And I think uh, Paul gave us an uh, inclination or tips into this, insights into this, because uh, the Jews probably did not believe with their heart. So, and then uh, they had a different interpretation. Uh, I think that this is also, the Mission Sunday is also very timely during this uh, month where there is a synod going on. Mm-hmm. I think Paul Francis is saying that there's enough of them and us. We should all come together. Yeah. And we are trying to bring everybody together to uh, the uh, house of God. So with that, we'll open it up for questions, meditation, or thoughts that you wanted to share with you. and. Uh, for those who are joining us online, feel free to uh, unmute yourself. Uh, you know, really, I mean, Paul was really amazing because he, don't forget his background. I mean, he was uh, a Pharisee himself. He 
firmly believes that Christians were, what should I say? I mean, some kind of uh, heretics. And they really started persecuting them until the Lord had mercy on him and appeared to him and, you know, correct his understanding. But what about the others? <laughs> the others uh, are not that easily persuaded. And so it, it, the Lord left him with this. Think about Nicodemus, also a very knowledgeable Pharisee. He came to Jesus in the evening to discuss about this. What happened to Nicodemus? Yeah. He went through a process. Yes, I mean, so this he is. He started the with a dark night. Yeah. But then he came out into the light. And then uh, to do something, the last respect to the, the master he talks about. So I, by the time he. He, he buried Jesus. What would he feel? Oh, probably everything is, is vanity <laughs> for him. No, they, they, they put good hope and expectation, both of them. But in the end, what came out to be, still we are, I mean, most people are short-sighted in the sense that we are not, what should I say? We are, we are not patient enough to persevere to the end. So I always say, if Judas was able to sustain that 72 hours, then we will have a Saint Judas. <laughs> Instead, he committed suicide. Ah, well, okay, let's, let's also hear from uh, those of us uh, who is joining us online. Please feel free to unmute yourself for any questions or thoughts that you would like to share. Thank you. Do you like to say something? Or Denise? Denise, unmuted, yeah. Hi, sister. Hi, everyone. Um, very, very powerful um, readings today and sharings. Um, I have, I feel so like, you know, since what happened with all this um, uh, external political, you know, events, I feel so sad for Jesus, you know, who died for us and was, you know, flogged and crucified on the cross. How sad, like after 2000 years of, you know, preaching and Christianity, we are still back at this juncture of, you know, the way of, you know, just relentless of, I believe that I'm right, but this is the way. And, um, yeah, I just feel so, uh, hurt and also embarrassed that our humanity or human us humans still have this very, you know, pride that, you know, oh, the Jewish way is the way or, you know, whatever, the Muslim way is the way. And so there's so much conflict and hurt. And um, it is really something that uh, I don't know what uh, can be done. And yeah, prayer is so important. And what I feel like this whole thing, like, you know, through the gospel, I feel like, you know, Jesus was really there trying to explain and is still trying to explain to us um, to follow the Holy Spirit, right? To have the right guidance because denial of that, of the Holy Spirit is also a very big sin. So when I look at it and apply to myself, like sometimes I feel like, no, you know, especially when I'm with my children, I'm trying to say, no, this way is the right way, you know. And as a parent, sometimes I also feel like, you know, mommy's way is the right way or daddy's way is the right way. But I forget to see that sometimes that I also need to be humble to see that maybe their way can also be a right way. So 
you know, um, and in that whole process, sometimes we, we hurt or we wound each other through the choice of words, through our choice of actions. And that really sort of like puts into perspective um, how it is really important to be, um, you know, to to do it with God's way, like not my way, but God's way. And um, also how to be really meek and humble like Jesus when addressing um, and going out to talk, you know, to preach. Um, because we also don't want to offend, but yet we also want to put a point across. So, yeah, it really makes me um, really choose my words more correctly um, uh, about, you know, how we want to grow um, at least my my faith of my family. Yeah, and also how I want to bring my kids up. So, yeah, um, this is something that really touched my heart. Yeah, in that sense. Thank you. So beautiful. What a reflection, Dennis. You know, especially now, no, we're all searching, aside from prayer, what can we contribute for this search for peace? So start with the family. Start with ourselves. No? And as much as possible, find always the path to reconciliation and to peace. So, I mean, these events definitely tell us something very definite that all of us are limited. There are a lot of things beyond our control. How can we not rely on God? Anyone else? Anyone else? Just uh, unmute yourself or Mary Faye? Just uh, wonder if people are.
maybe that's that's the reality. It's true. No, when I was listening to a journalist, Palestinian journalist yesterday, he said she said, you know, this cannot be solved in piecemeal solutions. It's really the occupation of the land. You are right. Even even these readings are all talking of the land, no, the mountain, the land, going beyond what I just own, like Israelis want the whole land, but the Palestinians were already there before them. The state of Israel was created only in 1948 because they were dispersed. So why can they not live together in peace? No? And, you know, even if you say they come from different roots, they are still the same one humanity. We are all one people, no? So how can we not recognize that? In fact, that's why I said, that's why some people are saying, you know, maybe Pope Francis has to also uh, come in and help for the release of the hostages. This is so strong in fraternity. You notice uh, one of uh, the Pixabala, no? the Patriarch of Jerusalem, I can also offer myself. If only we can get back those children. You know? because it's, it's really so painful. Uh, watching all these things, talking of AI, so modern, so highly technological, and yet so inhuman. No? So these are the contradictions of our humanity. <laughs> Joe, you like to say something more? <laughs> I can see that you... Yeah? Or no? Okay. I just can say the devil is still at work. So that's why it's <laughs> happening. Yes, that's true. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah always- but at least, yeah, and uh, at least in Matthew twenty four something, Jesus said, "When this is happening, just look up and see that your redemption is near." So mm-hmm. you just have the hope, the enduring hope. That's uh, what Saint you were saying so, before you came yeah. in. The judgment always brings the promise. Before then, Jesus is. Uh, he explained it already in the uh, the long chapter, uh, a long answer to a question. So just look up, he said, just look up and know that your redemption is near when you see this thing. So that is our hope. Even I think Deacon mentioned it last Sunday. It's something our posture is really to wait for him. I don't know whether I heard it from you or from another priest. So when this time comes in, is we really should just have hope. Not, not uh, oh, this is happening again or it's, it's, it's us. That's a very good yeah. reflection. And that brings us really uh, to... Well, the, said, yeah. God is under control and light. Yeah. So we can, we can sing the responsorial psalm, as it say, as in as to sing. Yeah. <laughs> that all the yeah. ends can seal the salvation. It's, see, it's a perfect tense. Can seal. It's oh, not... Really. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. All the ends of the earth accepting the saving power of God. Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done a wondrous deed. His right hand has won victory for him, his holy arm. The Lord has made his salvation known. In the sight of the nations, he has revealed his justice. He has remembered his kindness. And his faithfulness towards the house of Israel. All the angels of the earth have seen the salvation by our God. 
Sing joyfully to the Lord, all ye lands. Great into song, sing praise. Sing praise to the Lord with the heart, with the heart and the melodious sound, with trumpets and the sound of the horn. Sing joyfully before the King, the Lord. All the angels of the earth have seen the saving power of God. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May the mighty and merciful God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to OLMC Sunday Best. Please join us again next week for another episode. Have a blessed Sunday, everyone.